Hello and welcome to Total Recall ASM 19 on the Word on the Go podcast. Throughout this series we're going to be bringing you all the talks and seminars from this year's festival. We hope you enjoy. I'm going to sit down because everyone else is sitting down. But I get a chair, apparently. Um, my name's Paul Keegan. That lovely woman is my wife. <laughs> um, she's the one who invited us here, which is fantastic. Um, I really wasn't expecting this big a turnout. This is amazing. Um, thank you for coming. Um, I'm going to introduce myself, then I'm going to hand it off to Tom, and he's going to take it from there. I'll jump back in later, and you'll hear a bit more from me. Um, my name's Paul Keegan. I have been involved with youth work for like 10, 15-ish years in all different roles, like volunteer, paid, youth worker. More nowadays, I'm involved in supporting and training and mentoring youth leaders, but also in the last few years, I've become qualified as a counsellor. And the main area I like to work with is older teens, young adults, students. But I absolutely love working where faith and mental health interact because I think they're two worlds that can sometimes be separate and sometimes really inform each other. So um, I'm going to hand you over to Tom here. So Paul and I have similar stories, different accents, uh, in that I... uh, I am from Belfast originally, but I also live in Dublin now. Uh, and I've been a youth worker for the last 10 to 12 years, um, and also a counsellor now. Uh, and kind of working with young people and with adults around uh, around this kind of organisation called Why Mind. So Why Mind is all about helping young people understand why our minds work the way they do, and why actually having an understanding of of how our minds work and why we do things the way that we do from our minds and, and actually understanding at that level back is really important that, to have awareness around why our minds work the way that they do. But more than that, kind of understanding why it's really important that we mind our mental health and why it is something that we as Christians, we as God's people should be involved in. And I think that we as a, as a church and as Christians uh, need to to start thinking about and having more conversations around mental health, which is why I also am thrilled to see so many people here today, because I, I do think that this is a conversation that needs to needs to happen and that, that we need to start engaging more with. So thank you for coming to think about this and to, to engage with this material in that way. Um, as Christians, I think that, that we don't ever really doubt that physical health is important, right? We see, uh, when we think about physical health, we understand and we accept that our physical health is like on a spectrum, that there's low physical health and there's good physical health. And there's things wherever we are in that spectrum that we can do to get ourselves up toward to being more physically healthy. What are some, uh, I don't know if we're gonna be able to hear feedback here, but what are some things that we can do to help us become more physically healthy? What are some things that we need to keep doing or do more of? Any ideas? Sorry? Exercise, yeah. Is that what someone said? Is that what he said? Are you just echoing? Thank you for that echo. Uh, Exercise, yeah, anything else? Yeah, I actually really don't think I'm going to even hear if anyone says anything. So I'll say the answers that I I pretend like I'm hearing some answers. Oh, sleep over here. Yes, very right. Eat healthily. Very good back there. Yeah. Um, So there is things that we know and we accept. If we do these things, we're going to be more physically healthy and we'll move up that physical health spectrum. The thing is with mental health, we don't see it as a spectrum. We don't see it as something low mental health to to high mental health. 
what we see it as is we might say, well, I don't have a mental illness. I'm not mentally ill, so I must not have a mental health. In the same way as we say, you know, I don't have a physical illness, so I don't have a physical health. We know that's not true. And so actually there is things, mental health is like a spectrum in that way, low to good. And so actually there is also things that we can do to build our mental health and things that we need to do daily or regularly to actually make sure we're, we're well and we're staying well. I think that this is a conversation that we need to have, that we need to continue having, and that we as a church need to engage in, not just because I think that it's a, you know, I do think it's important, but I think that it is also biblical. Um, there's this verse in the Bible where Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And we love best from every part of ourselves. And we love God from every part of ourselves. We love him from our heart. We love him from our mind, from our soul, from our strength, from our bodies. I don't know about you, but I am a terrible sick person. Uh, I've got a bit of man flu um, going on. Not today, thankfully. Uh, you would know about it if it was today. Um, but... Um, whenever I am not that well, whenever my physical health is quite low down, I get super focused on me. And I really like focusing on, on me and, uh, and kind of get caught up in my own world, in my own head. Um, I'm, I'm married to a lovely lady called Hannah. She's not here today, unfortunately. She's in Cavan. Uh, but uh, Hannah, about, about a couple months after we got married, I got this virus and was sick for about three weeks. Uh, and when I was sick, uh, Hannah took great care of me when I was sick. Uh, she works and she would come home every night, she would make food, I would never eat that food and I would like moan and complain at her about how grumpy I was and how sick I was and about how anything that she ate felt like glass going down my throat because I was really sick. Um, during that time, I did not love Hannah well at all because I was not uh, kind, I was not loving well because I was physically sick and the focus was not on the people around me but it was on me. Hannah was fine and she loved me very well. She didn't know what she was letting herself in for when she married me in that way. Um, the thing is we don't, we love best from a place of health. We love best when our minds, when our bodies, when our souls, when our strength is is well. Whenever we are low down a spectrum in those areas, it's really difficult to love others and to love God well. We love best from a place of health. So God recognizes that we are, uh, we are all these different parts. We're body, we're mind, and we're spirit. He sees and he recognizes, acknowledges that we have these different parts to ourselves and it's important that we we build these things up that that we acknowledge and treat these things well but he doesn't just acknowledge it with his words but he acknowledged it with his actions in the person of jesus when he was here whenever throughout the gospels we see jesus and um, we see jesus uh acknowledging people's bodies when they were sick he healed them when they were hungry he fed them he said i see that you are people with a body and i am going to care for and and acknowledge that that is an important part of you. He also saw the people were people with emotional needs and he met them as well. Think about when Simon Peter was racked with guilt 
over what he'd done, how he betrayed Jesus. And Jesus came along and he didn't go to him and say, you should be guilty uh, because of what you did to me. Actually, he met him with love and he challenged him and he said, you could do differently, you could do better, you love me and love the people around you. But he met him in his emotional state that he was in. And relationally as well, he cared for people's relationships, cared for the needs that they had. When he was on the cross, he looked down from the cross at one of his disciples and he said, this is your mother, this is your son. Jesus cared for them, their relationship. I don't know where he's going. He said something to me, but he's, uh, I hope he'll be back. Uh, so uh, he cared for their relational needs in that way and then obviously to know he cared for their body he cared for their mind but he very much cared for their spirits we know the stories of Jesus and how he he loved the people he died for us he rose again so that we could actually be with him and know him Jesus uh, cared for us uh, mind body and spirit he saw that we were people that were not just simple sort of individuals um, and so often I think in the church we sometimes get focused on the on the spiritual side which is important and we shouldn't throw it out and we shouldn't say no that's not important but actually we are people with a body and a mind there's this verse in the Bible that where Jesus said I have come that they may have life and have it to the full I've come they may have life and have it to the full and I really think that uh, the life to the full is found when we uh, when we acknowledge that we are not just people who are a spirit yes we need to do that but we acknowledge that we're people with a body and with a mind and when we feed those things in that way that's a challenge for us because uh, because acknowledging that we are all those different pieces uh, means actually doing something about it and doing something about it can be difficult um, because it kind of takes work. I'm glad Paul's back because I was uh, I was filling a bit of time there. No, 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 okay. uh, so we've talked about how we're, there's lots of different parts to ourselves. We're mind, we're body, and we're spirit. Um, Paul's going to focus in a little bit on on what kind of this workshop is about because sometimes I think we're our culture is really good at saying our physical needs are important. We need to eat an apple, go for a run. Those things are important. Churches and summer madness you're here we're talking about our spiritual needs but what about our minds what about our emotional needs Paul's going to talk a bit more about that sure um, oh <laughs> Tom's stealing my water but that's the kind of connection we have and um, there's a section of the Bible that um, I often think it's overlooked and it's Genesis chapter 1 and 2 now I'm not going to get into a big creation thing here don't worry but there's little verses in that that I think often get overlooked. And one of the most important ones to me is the fact that we as men and women were made in God's image. And the term image means a lot more than we're made to look like him. We're made to have so many of his traits, his characteristics, who he is, what he's about. And the shame is if we don't recognize that, we miss what we're made to be. And um, when people often ask me about my faith, the reason I pursue my faith is because in it I find out who I am, who I'm made to be, what I'm about. And one of the most important bits of this is if you look at the idea of we are made in God's image, that means then a lot for what our needs are. So God's made, God made us to create, to lead, to inspire each other, to love each other. And they're all things that God does. 
one of the really important things though is the idea that god is this triune trinity god so god that's a complicated concept um it's one that sometimes i get sometimes i don't but one of the really important aspects of it is it means god is permanently in community and he made us to be in community he made us to need other people to connect with other people um i have a display here which tom's going to help me hold out we don't need this one yet so i'm just chucking it um this is based on the work of a man who if you're ever interested in the future he's worth reading up on it's a guy called william glasser and um, he's a psychologist, a doctor. Actually, he'd probably be offended that I said William Glasser. It's Dr. William Glasser. <laughs> um, but he basically put loads of work and is seen as the gold standard is going, what are the basic needs that are built into us as humans? What do we need in order to be fulfilled, to be happy, to be full? The reason I bring this up in connection with Genesis is going, I think this is all reflected in us being made in God's image. Um, I'm going to start with the most basic one, survival. We're actually all built with a need for survival. The reason this doesn't get talked about much is because if it's not being met, we're usually very, very aware of it. So survival would include things like, do you have a warm bed at night? Do you have a home to go to? Do you have enough food? Are you healthy? They're all needs that if we're missing one, we're very aware we're missing it. Like I'm I feel bad for people here that are camping, um, especially how the weather's been, but I'm sure you're very aware that it's not really a warm bed. <laughs> um, I bet there was some of you that when you saw the weather today were like, I can't wait until I'm back in my own bed where it's warm and nice. Um, one of the other needs that's built into us is the idea of power, which is often tied with significance. Um, it makes it sound like it's a big ego thing that, yeah, I want to be powerful, but power can mean so many other things. The idea that I'm good at something, I'm recognized for being good at it. People see that I have this skill and that I'm successful, that I've done well in whether it's exams or what you set out to achieve, that, that you've got significance in what you do, that you see as a person you have value and worth to a situation. One of the other ones, and it's my favorite one, <laughs> is fun. <laughs> I love having fun. Um, you might not think it because I don't show much emotion, but no, I do have good, good times. But the idea that we're made to want to laugh, we're made to do things that might not have a purpose other than that was just fun. Like, I don't know if you've heard that rave that goes on over there every night, but that's an example of people just going, I want to go have fun. And that's what it is. Um, some of the other things that can include actually includes learning. Um, although you sometimes being in school or being in college or wherever you are in life um, can seem like, man, this is a drag or this is tough or whatever. Truth is, it's actually really enjoyable to keep improving yourself, to feel like I'm learning something. If I sat at home all day, eventually I suddenly feel very unfulfilled in life. The one above that, freedom. And we're built with a need to want to be free, that we want to be able to make choices, that we're, we're not held back by anything. And um, the example I gave in an earlier seminar is going that the need for freedom is very important to someone who's, say, recovering from an addiction, that they're free from the grip that something has. The other example I gave, which I think a lot of people struggle in our age with at times, is um, do you ever feel enslaved to social media a little bit? Like, have you ever left your house without your phone? 
and suddenly you forget how you ever functioned without it. You're like, but, but how do I know what people are doing? How, how do I know what people are eating today for lunch? Um, freedom is such an important thing. I would recommend once in a while, and I'm terrible at this, have a social media detox. <laughs> Try to leave your phone in another room or leave it at home for a little bit. Um, the middle one I left purposely for the last because I think it's the most important. We're built with a need for love and belonging. Um, we need connection. We need to be loved. We actually need to love other people to feel fulfilled. Um, we need community. We need people around us. I gave an example to Tom yesterday and I'm not just saying this to try be trendy. I love Marvel films. Hands up who's seen Endgame. The week or two after I went to see Endgame, every person I met with, the first question out of my mouth was, have you seen Endgame? Which was quickly followed by, what did you think? Or, oh, if you haven't seen it yet, I won't say anything. <laughs> um, imagine how depressing it would be to go have gone and seen that movie, loved it, and no one else in the world has shared that experience with you. No one wants to talk about it. No one's engaging with it. That's part of our need for love and belonging. Um, I want to end this little section with a quote. Part of mine and Tom's talk is the idea that although these needs are really beautiful, they can hurt. So if we have a need for belonging and love, if someone we loved really hurt us, suddenly we don't want to connect with people. I don't want to know people. It hurt too much. It involved getting vulnerable. Sorry about that noise. <laughs> um, the quote I wanted to end on is by a guy called John Shepard, who he says, a ship in a harbor is safe, but that's not what a ship is made for. And the idea being that for us to keep ourselves away from things that will hurt us like community will keep us safe but it's not what we're made for we'll never feel fulfilled if we don't try to pursue that need for connection for love for belonging for power for fun for freedom i'm going to hand you back to tom <laughs> so uh god has made us with all these different needs for I should have kept that thing out because I've forgotten them already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul's going to hold it up. Uh, survival, love and belonging, freedom, fun, significance, survival. Did I get them? I did. I got them all without looking. That's all right. Uh, so, God cares for us wholly, and He has created us in these different needs. The thing is that the way we fulfill these needs actually might be different. I don't know if you've, uh, you've ever read in the book of Psalms, but it's this song, uh, a book of songs and poems that is written about God by David and by a number of other people who wrote them. And there's this one Psalm, Psalm 139, where it talks about us as people and talks about how we are, are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are knit together in our mother's wombs, that we are uh, our unique creations of him. I want you to uh, hold your finger up and take a look at it. Take a look at your, you might need to tilt it to see in the light, but take a look at your, your individual fingerprint. And then hold your finger up beside the person sitting beside you and see, does it match? I don't see any identical twins in the room, so, uh, so hopefully, is there any identical twins in the room? No, there's not. That's good, because the point is that we're all unique and different from one another. Just as our, our bodies and the way that we are made is different and unique, also our minds and the ways we engage with each other, with the world around us, and with God is also unique. 
it's all so different. Um, the way that we fulfill those basic needs that God has given us are different. Um, at the start of Psalm 139, God talks about how he knows our thoughts. He knows who we are, not just our bodies, but he knows our thoughts and the minds that we have. Um, our fingerprints are different and just as they are, so the way that we fulfill these needs for love and belonging, for fun, for for uh, power, significant survival, they're all different as well. And the way that we meet them is different. Uh, Paul and I have very similar kind of stories and backgrounds and, and you might even sort of assume that because we have those that we would have very similar ways of, of meeting the needs that we have. Um, but we, we actually don't. We're quite different in the things that we love to do and the ways that we love um, to do them. I didn't know there was going to be a concert next door. I'll talk loud. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to sing. Uh, so, what I love to do, I, uh, I, for a long time, thought I was an extrovert. I thought that I was someone who got my energy from being in big groups of people. Uh, that is not true. Um, after this, I, I love being around people. I love being with people. But after this, uh, this week, I'm going to have to go home and sit in a dark corner in a room and read a book and not talk to anyone. My wife will be there, so I will talk to her. But... Uh, but I don't want to see anyone else because I like and need that for myself. Um, I, uh, Paul's going to tell us what he loves to do. I apologize again for the noise. Um, I love, my main way of relaxing is computer games. So at the end of a long day, I tend to lock myself away and just play computer games. But more recently, I've started to embrace um, reflection that one of the ways I actually unwind is go sit in a coffee shop with a journal for a little bit and think about how am I doing? How was today? Um, I sat down with a Franciscan monk randomly about a year or two ago and he actually encouraged me and it's something I've fallen in love with is sitting down and regularly asking myself the question, who am I? And then just sit on that for five minutes and then who is God? and sit on that for five minutes and then end on what do I need in my life and sit on that for five minutes and it's become one of my main ways to actually relax myself. Uh, we are all different. As unique as the fingerprint that is in our hands, so the way that we engage with and we feed the things that we need in the world around us are different. I have a uh, I have different friends that, that are fed and love different things. I have, a, I have a, a few guys that I know that love the football. I don't know if you love football. I do not, but they love everything about it. They love talking about it. They love playing it. They love, uh, what else is it to do? See, I don't even know what the activities to do with football are. Um, but that brings them to life and it brings them energy and engagement. Um, I have another friend who's a history professor and he loves nothing more than sitting in... Uh, he went to, on a trip last summer to Barcelona and in Barcelona he sat in a dungeon uh, underneath a library flicking through these old archives and I talked to him after he got home and he had had the best time of his life. I have another friend uh, in Dublin who, uh, who loves Star Trek 
And whenever, whenever I hear, whenever you you hear me saying he loves Star Trek, I think you maybe think, oh yeah, he likes watching a couple of episodes. I wish, I wish I had like a a screen because I could show you a picture of his living room, which is covered. Every wall of it is covered in books. Uh, books, ships hanging from the ceiling, everything completely covered. I was around at his house one day, and uh, and he had just his. Uh, I'm gonna stand up because I feel like that's gonna make me. Uh, he was he uh, he had just gotten this new rug, um, and he picked up the rug. It was like a Star Trek rug, and he put it down in front of the four bookshelves that he has filled with Star Trek things. And he took a step back from it and he looked at it and he was like, I think that might be too much. And I was like. Too much was a long time ago. That is not uh, what the problem is now. We are each different. And sometimes, you see, I used to think I was uh, an extrovert because I thought that's what I should be. I thought I should be someone who's like the life of the party and who loves being around people and who fills myself in that way. Because I think so often our world, it kind of is like extroverts are good, introverts are bad. It took me a long, oh, I'm going up and down. It took me a long time to realize actually that was the way God had created me. That was the way that God had made me to be someone who... Uh, who actually needed that time on my own, needed a time for reflection, for sitting with him, and realizing that it was okay to be that way. And actually, do you know what? Not just okay, but it was wonderful, because that is who I am. That is who he has made me to be. Those needs that we have, that we are, that are created in us, and God has put in us to be filled, we can meet in healthy ways. There is good things that we can do that can fill those needs that we have for love and belonging, for, for, for freedom, for fun. But the thing is about us and the world that we live in is that there's ways that we can also meet those needs that we have in unhealthy ways. And what we need to do is commit ourselves to being people who are willing to stop and say, okay, these are needs that I have. Which one is this? Is this a good way? Is this something that is bringing me freedom, bringing me closer to God? Or is this something, a way that I am meeting my needs that actually maybe is, is putting a division between me and people and myself and God? We need to ask ourselves, are there things that maybe I need to change? Are there things that, uh, ways that I'm filling the needs that are in myself that I need to, uh, to do something different? Ways that I need to challenge myself to to be different. Paul's going to talk us through an activity that we can do to uh, to identify that. Um, ju just because the noise in here, we might shorten this a little bit um, because what we're going into is something where you guys get a chance to chat to each other and I don't want you to feel like when you're chatting, no one can hear you. Um, so we're going to go a little quicker with this and, and wrap up then after that. Um, Tom's going to do another job here of holding the sign for me because we, d we didn't plan that far ahead. <laughs> um, d d me and Tom, like, like we'd mentioned before, we, we work as counsellors in Dublin. Um, this is a tool that I often use, to be honest, more with young people, but um, and by that I mean teenagers, young adults, students. Um, but it's also one that you can actually see uh, like full-on grown-ups who are running businesses and things like that could really do with using something like this. And the idea is we get caught in these routines that we don't realize we're stuck in. And my what I've done up here is this box here is where you put your feeling, your emotion. Um, and this might be vague, you might not understand it. So someone might go, I, like some of the words I wrote in there were sad, depressed, angry, lonely, hurt. 
at times where I felt lonely, I start going into this process of going, how do I stop feeling this way? So I start hanging out with my friends. I start playing computer games. At one stage in my life, if I'm honest, I had a really unhealthy relationship with computer games. And what I mean by that is going, I was going through a tough time and I became dependent on computer games going, these are going to make me feel better. So I go home, I'd either have bought a new game or have a game I'm playing and I just play it all day. But the problem is, is at the end of that process, if I sit and stop and go, how am I doing? I'm still lonely. And it leads me right back up to the top again of going, okay, that didn't work. What's the next thing? I mentioned earlier social media. It is another one that sometimes if you're feeling low, you start going through social media of going, what are others up to right now? Which often truthfully for me used to in the end make me feel like everyone's doing more than me and then I'm right back to feeling sad or lonely again and I keep going through this and for some people this habit gets out of control this might be one that not everyone here can relate to I can truthfully it seems to be a huge amount of girls in the room um guys this is where they start struggling a lot with pornography there's other things of this is where drinking suddenly starts getting out of control or um some people throw themselves into things that are actually good for them but too far so some people get addicted to sport and just going i'm just going to keep going to sport and i'll run around on a pitch and never actually think about how am i feeling as you can tell by my physique i'm not the sportiest of people i i'm i'm what you call indoorsy <laughs> um And this was introduced to me then a few years ago of going, well, how do you break this chain? And basically, the problem with this chain is it never leads to processing what you're feeling. It only leads to you trying to numb. And numbing can only last a certain amount of time. So this is what they break it down into six different approaches that all help meet your needs. And I recommend trying these anytime you feel like you've got stuff to work through. Step one, walk. Try go for a walk if you're if you're having a rough day. Minimum, they say, is aim for half an hour. For everyone, Tom talked earlier about our different ways of approaching things. For some, that's walking their dog. For others, it's listening to music as they go for a stroll. For me, I just like to walk on my own through a park. I don't get to do it enough, but I enjoy having the time to think, to process, to let my brain feel active. Next step of that, talk find a friend even if you're not quite sure what to say go for maybe go for a walk with that friend but just go this is how my day's going this is how i'm feeling i'm not sure why or even add to it this person really annoyed me or really hurt me can i just talk about it and let your pain be shared let someone relate to you to see you to hear you adding to that listen it's really important that we connect back so if you're walking with a friend and talking to them and tell them how you're feeling don't be let yourself also listen hear their story hear how they're doing hear the day they're having learn from their emotions our body is made up of many different systems so you've got your well it's been a while since i've done my leaving cert and i don't even think it's called the leaving cert up this part of the country what's it called a levels okay um You've heard of your respiratory system, your nervous system. We have a thing called our limbic system. Our limbic system does a number of different things, but one of the things it's responsible for is actually helping how we regulate emotions. And when I talked earlier about God making us for community, it's one of the it's the only system in your body that needs another physical person to regulate. 
the way your limbic system starts to regulate itself is actually through face-to-face -face contact, talking, connecting. Then endorphins and chemicals start getting released to actually make that system begin to regulate itself and helps you regulate your emotions. Like I said earlier, we are made for connection and it's something beautiful. Um, next part, read. Whatever that is, a physical book, something you enjoy. Some people read for learning and if that's your thing, do it. We're at a Christian event. If you're into reading your Bible and you find that something nourishing, engage in that. A physical book really actually helps stimulate different chemicals in your brain that actually help you relax and rest. Just so you know, the screen on your phone has an opposite effect. It actually releases the chemicals that make you feel a little bit more stressed, anxiety ridden. So if you're trying to relax at the end of the day, reading a book is one of the most healthy activities you can do. Right. This is huge for me. This is what I do. If I'm going through a stressful time, I go to a coffee shop and I write out how I'm feeling, what I think, what I'm doing, how I'm feeling, how's that changing. Finally, if you're going through a tough time, make sure you're resting enough. Make sure you get sleep. Make sure you're, I'll add to that things like, make sure you're eating, make sure you're looking after your body because the more you look after your body, the better it's going to be able to help you look after your own mind. Um, they say the best hours of sleep you get are before midnight. Try to stay off your phones before you go to bed. I am terrible at that advice though. <laughs> and what I want you to do, and this is where we're going to end, is by following these steps repeatedly. It's not an instant fix. If you find yourself going through a, a tough time, doing this once isn't going to just resolve it all. But hopefully by getting into a rhythm of this, you find yourself processing how you're doing and getting to actually live free of it. It's not about numbing, it's about understanding why do I hurt today. What we're gonna wrap up on is I want you to go into little groups and just discuss with each other what are some of the things you do to look after your mental health in a positive way? And what are some of the things you might do that you actually think maybe it's not healthy, maybe it's not helpful for how I'm feeling? Does that make sense? And then we're just gonna wrap it up there. We'll say we'll let you know when we're when we're wrapping up. But enjoy it. Okay, I'm gonna give you one more minute and then we're gonna come back, okay? Okay, I'm going to bring you back and then I'm going to talk for a second and then if you want to continue your conversations, please do. Um, what we're going to do, we're going to do another workshop on Monday and what the workshop on Monday is going to be is around the idea that, that mental health is important and it's important that we talk about it, but is it the easiest thing to talk about? No, probably not. I'm going to fill in your answer for you. It's not. Actually, conversations around mental health are, are difficult. And so what we're going to talk about on Monday is Paul's going to share a little bit about what it's like to, to be the person who's talking, to be the person who's sharing, the person who's saying, this is what's going on for me. This is what's happening in my, in my mind, in my body, in my spirit. What are some tools that we can use that will actually help us to share with each other? with each other, maybe with leaders, maybe with people who are around you. But also, um, what does it, what's it like to be the person who is being talked to? What's, the, what's it like to be the person who's listening? Um, how can we support each other well? How can we love each other well by listening well? Because that's really important. Um, we want to be people who, who listen well, who, who people feel heard when they're with. Um, 
so we're going to talk about that on on Monday a little bit. I know you might be tired. You probably will, you're probably shattered now, and it's only day two, isn't it? But uh, we'd love to have you back uh, on Monday with us uh, if you want to. No pressure. I'm going to pray for us now, and then uh, then we can head on. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for for how you have made us. That you've made us individuals. You've made us. You knit us together in our in our mother's womb. You made us individual. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and 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 as we are, there's many different things that different different things that will feed us, the things that will feed us and keep us well, uh, mentally, physically, and spiritually might be very different from the person beside us. So I pray that that you would shine some light for us, maybe today, maybe this weekend, maybe in the months to come, on on the things that we need to do to keep ourselves well. Uh, and not only that we would be aware of them, but actually you would give us the the uh, the energy, give us the determination to be people who actually are willing to put them into practice, um, to do the things that we need to do to stay well, knowing that it's not just about being healthy, but actually when we are well, when we're healthy, when we're full, it actually means that we can love you and love the people in our lives well. Pray that you would help us to be people who who prioritize our health, our mental health, knowing that, that we can love you better. So if you if you were in the middle of a conversation and I interrupted you, please stay, keep up that conversation. It's fantastic that you can have people here who who you can chat to. I am um, I grew up coming to Summer Madness. I actually I actually became a Christian Summer Madness when I was sixteen. Um, which was not a year or two ago, unfortunately. Um, but the thing is, the people that I was there at Summer Madness with, uh, the people that who I would have talked to about things, are still the people that, like, that I would talk to now. Um, I live far away from them, um, but I know that I can still rely on them. That they're people that I can turn to when I need to. So these people who are in your your uh, your group now, the people who you're here with, they also might be the people that, that you can still talk to when you're as grey as I am, uh, which hopefully for some of you might be longer or later than I am. Um, but, but looking around in the groups that you're in now, how can we support each other? And that's a bit of a spoiler for Monday as well. So we'll come back to that. Oh, Paul's going I just want to congratulate this gentleman over here who's been holding a Jenga tower for quite a while so as not to interrupt everything. I, I'm giving you permission to finally release it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Knock it over properly. There we are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much, everyone. Thank you for listening to Word on the Go. For more information about the festival or to contact us, please visit us at www.summermadness.co.uk forward slash festival or reach out to us across our social media platforms.